0: here we go beyond jiu-jitsu podcast episode number 56 i uh, cut your intro off it was my turn i haven't done an intro for a while thanks for tuning in my name's adam childs with kieran lefevre today we are talking about the ibjjf time requirements for belt promotion and uh let's get rid of them or should
1: we get rid of them Ooh. dun. dun,
0: dun. Kieran, I've got a surprise, it's a black belt. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wait, really? <laughs> so quite recently, Andrew Wiltz from um, Daisy Fresh, you know, uh, oh, I don't know if the video was recent or not. Oh, it's that, recent. Yeah. yeah, well the article at least I saw was recent. Him, him saying that the, the minimum time requirements for belts should be abolished and he's been screwed over by mm. it in the past. If you don't know, uh, IBJJF is kind of the de facto governing body for jiu-jitsu. And we had an episode in the past uh, I spoke about, I think it was when we were talking about gi versus no gi and that the sport kind of doesn't have an overruling authority. But, you know, IBJJF has kind of been the de facto one and they have minimum time requirements for your belts, which there is no minimum time requirement at white belt. I believe previously it was one year, but it was not that long ago. From I, white to blue, you're saying? That's right, yep. yeah, yeah. It wasn't that long ago that I checked that and saw there was no minimum time yeah. requirement. Yeah. But blue belt is a minimum of two years, purple belt is one and a half, brown is one, All right. Minimum time you have to be at that belt before you're eligible for the next belt. They also. This is for adults, mind you. Kids are different. And juvenile is different. There's an as age well. restriction on belts. There's an age belts. restriction as well. So it's
1: sixteen to blue and purple. I believe you need to be at least sixteen to get a purple belt. I think. Yep. And then brown up is eighteen. Yeah,
0: but the thing that's that's specific about it, a, a distinction that needs to be made in case you're unaware of this, is it's not directly correlated with your. Birth date. that's with your birth year. Mm. So if it's say, oh, you have to be, you have to be sixteen. Wait, I, th- I believe it's fifteen
1: for a blue belt. Hang oh, on, sixteen. Man, we are showing our preparation for this. No, <laughs> I, was, I was prepared because I, I, ga-
0: I gave blue belt to Ben, and I remember I checked this. But now you're making me doubt myself. Good. You know, you why mean, are, you are you always even a black belt?
1: The only uh, I think I Google it a little making while ago when myself. I was looking up the minimum time requirement from white to blue. Like the minimum. You're already looking at blue to purple, aren't you? No, no. I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying my time at blue, no, no, no. which brings me into a, a little side topic that I had to bring up at some point during this episode is we've received more comments on YouTube this time complaining we've we've had our first- No, uh, we have. No. Yes, we, asked, I we have. I don't have, even want to hear it. I could show you these complaints, complaining that the artwork, the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast artwork is incorrect it's a stain on the industry it's a lie <laughs> we are we are out there selling false information because i'm no longer a white belt so a petition has officially begun and i'm not i'm not even driving this This is i've, or, I've the peop- already i've already finished the artwork uh,
0: why don't you why don't you tell the people about the rashi, kieran and and that's you know well then let's uh, Hang on, I'm gonna we take can leverage j- Hang on, Tell one. them about the rashes <laughs> and say if you if you want to get the last version of the rash guard, where I'm wearing a white belt. <laughs> ah, this <laughs> tell is them limited a limited edition t- tell white them about, belt. Tell exclusive. them about the tell them about the rash.
1: So, if you would like a Beyond Jiu Jitsu rash guard, you can do so via two means. We have a competition. Competition time! Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) This is the most disjointed introduction we've ever had. Um, So yeah, if you want to win a Beyond Jiu Jitsu Rash Guard, a Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast Rash Guard, you can do so via the following method. You need to be following us on Instagram. That's a given, we will be checking. And you need to leave us a review on your streaming platform of choice and follow us on that streaming platform. So just follow us on the, whatever streaming platform you use and leave us a review. And that gives you one entry. If you want 10 entries into the competition, then become a Patreon. And for our Patreons out there who are already signed up, you will of course be automatically receiving uh 10 entries into the competition.
0: And if that's the if all that you've decided to put it into the, the into the two hard basket, you can just buy a rashka.
1: You can just buy one. Check it out.
0: It's on our Instagram. Looks yes. dope.
1: It is very dope. And I do need to mention, I've f- uh, failed to mention this last episode, but it is on the uh, Instagram post that entries will be closing on the 31st of January, 2022, in case you're listening from the future. And <laughs> yeah, and the winner will be announced on the 1st of February, 2022. So get your entries in quickly because it's closing very shortly, it's closing Monday next week. Yeah,
0: and then you know, for for the winner guys, it's not like we're just gonna send you like whatever rash guard we've got. We'll make sure we got. We'll send you the size chart so you make yeah. sure you get your correct size. And, yeah, they're made yeah. to
1: order, people, so uh, you will be getting one exclusively made to order to fit your body type.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was perfect. It gave me enough time to. to, <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, Google. tell us what, what have you found <laughs> out. So yeah, it's, it's sixteen years for for Bluebell. Oh. Uh, 16 I'm for purple, wrong. 18 years for brown, 19 for black. But yeah, the important distinction is it's not your birth date, it's your birth year. Mm. So if your birthday is in December of, of this year, right? And you're a, whatever, a green belt, because you're a kid still, or a teenager, and you don't turn 16 till December, mm. you're already, like you would be default a blue belt. Like if you tried to register for a competition, Today being January, if you tried to register for a competition, it wouldn't let you register at green belt because it's the year you turn sixteen. So you're already not in that age bracket anymore. Right. So So even if you
1: hadn't received your, well, you should
0: default receive it. Right. Like with Uh, with kids, you like you never they never go back. Right. Like you don't have a kid who's a yellow belt and then they turn 16 and you go you're now an adult white belt like you never know like they would just become a blue belt uh it's up to you as the instructor to to make sure that that transition happens seamlessly and what i mean by that is let's say i had a 15 year old and we're heading into the following year so i know that next year they're turning 16 Mm. right i might already be like oh man if I give this kid a, a, you know, a gray and white belt, which is the one right after white for kids. If I give this kid a gray and white belt in uh, November, he's not really going to be ready to automatically become a blue belt in January, Yeah, that makes you sense. know? So I might just go, I'm actually not just going to, I'm not going to grade him. I'm mm-hmm. going to leave him as a four stripe white belt. So he heads into the following year still as a, a, a white belt, but he's then at least an adult white belt. And then I'll give him the blue belt at an appropriate point in time. That makes sense. Yeah. So you never want to demote them back to white belt. That's the instructor's job, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah. But yeah, it's the year. And it's the same for masters, right? So, um, so masters starts at masters one, starts at 30, is 30 to 35. So it's the year you turn 30. So you can be competing at masters when you're 29, right? So same as when you go from masters one to masters two, it's the year you turn that age, right? So um, so yeah, there's age requirements and time requirements.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I, I think have-
0: I, I think before, sorry, I just moving off from the age requirements. We're not. That's not what we're addressing today. I don't, or maybe we'll address it, but. I don't think there's a conversation to be had there. No. It'd be hard to argue that they should remove the age requirements. Yeah, because everyone wants to see a 22-year-old fight a 15-year-old. Yeah. Like, no. Of course, you're always going to have prodigies who mm. come along, like Colabate and even the Hudalo brothers who at 15, 16 were smashing, you know, 30-year-old adults. Like, yeah, but they're like one in a million sort of – Yes. You don't de- – you don't abolish a whole system based on these few freaks of nature in a good w- w- yeah. way, freak of nature. I yeah. Mean.
1: yeah, I could not agree more. And I think that comes back to, you know, the whole argument that is being posed. And this is one thing that I really, in this episode, I want to unpack and get your opinion on. I think most of this argument is that these time requirements punish the exceptions. But should you change an entire system based on the the exceptional or like the one in a million sort of people and is it worth having loophole and exceptions in there that may be abused for these one in a million you know what i mean
0: yeah like i firstly i don't i don't believe that the the minimum time requirement should be abolished because to stru- it's kind of like jiu jitsu gyms that structure their business around competitors who are like 3% of their students and don't pay any membership or whatever, like you're just, you know, setting yourself up for failure. To abolish your time requirements that work for the masses, and yeah, like punish those those few individuals, just doesn't make sense. And yeah, there's probably some people arguing, oh, but jujitsu isn't for the masses, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you know, even even successful competitors, but maybe not the one in a million ones, even successful competitors, you know, like okay, let's. We're a future guest on the podcast. Um, one of Australia's very own internet trolls, Varun, who um <laughs> is uh, a beast of a blue belt. He just became he's Australia's newest world champion, having won the 2021 Worlds at blue belt. And Varun's been a blue belt for like. Fucking ever, bro. You know, it's not like Varuni's like, oh, well, I won Worlds after six months of being a blue belt, but I got to stay a blue belt for another 18 months. You know, so my point being is even very high level successful competitors kind of need that time. You know, it is very few people who are going to be, you know, oh, I've been a blue belt for six months and I could already win Worlds at brown belt. Mm. Maybe there's one or
1: two. Again, if they came fr- from like D1 wrestling or like yeah. catch wrestling or something.
0: So to change to change the rules for that to cater to those people makes no sense. Like it, then what is it? Then you just may as well not have belts at all. I right? think. And t- if you take if you take belts out altogether, it's then a very vast, deep, overwhelming pool of people that, as a new person trying to get into the sport, to that think that impossible. you're going like you look at people who are super competitive and don't get nervous and stuff like that. They still, if I said to you as someone who's a, you know, a new blue belt and likes to compete and yeah, yeah you, like you've got that in you. If I just said, Oh, you sign up to this, you could get a, Two month old white belt, but you could also get a guy who's been a black belt for eight years. You'd Man, be...
1: I don't know. I'm I'm pretty confident against babies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, get months. rid of the age requirements as yeah. well. You know, like
1: well, they're two months old. Yeah. Did
0: I say what no, did don't I worry.
1: say? <laughs> I'm, did I'm being an idiot. <laughs> 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 you said two month old white belt, so I was implying yeah. that it's a... a baby. It's not funny if I have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you know what I mean. You'd even be like, well, fuck, like uh, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah. You know, and again, there's probably a few exceptions who would froth at that, be like, yeah, man, like, yeah, I just wanna bring on everyone. Yeah, but I mean, there's competitions
1: average... set up for that, like ADCC trials, no belt right. requirement, like you, there you, you, go. You, know, you go in a big big pool of, you know, whoever you could, most likely you're gonna get brown and black belts. Like that's that's the nature of the of the competition. There are competitions out there that have absolute divisions with no belt requirements, just open brackets or- Yeah, or
0: there's even competitions that have uh, just, they ask whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced. Yeah, I'm and competing on one
1: on Saturday. Yeah. Next so week. it'll
0: say like, oh, if you've been training for X amount of years, you're considered this, mm. right? Now, of course there's some level of honesty that mm. has to go into that because these competitions don't have some mega database where they can prove that you've been, unless you have been competing with that
1: uh, organization for multiple years. Or like your smooth comp information. They can yeah. probably get that.
0: But. but how much they look at it. I have no idea, mm. but you know, maybe there, it would be nice to have, I don't have the the answer, but maybe it would be nice if there was some way to to facilitate those people who are exceptions to the rule. Correct me I, if I, I'm wrong,
1: but if you say, for example, you have been, a, you're 18, so you're an adult. You've been a blue belt for, under the minimum time requirement, say six months, mm-hmm. and you win worlds, adult worlds, a blue belt, mm-hmm. like Varun did. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there is a clause in the IBJJF rule set that if you win worlds, you can then be eligible for promotion. That's why p- sometimes people get promoted on the podium. I oh, think I read that I somewhere, know. but I could be wrong. Maybe I mean, I'm not going to try find that now. I'm yeah. not
0: going to try Google that. Nor am I going to read the two hundred. If that's page. the case, if that's the I case don't of- believe that's the case because mm. one of the things that in Andrew Wilt's thing he was talking about he was won that, worlds right or yeah something. and like, like Pamp- apparently Pamp- that Pamp- like heath like the guy from daisy fresh the owner mm. was even like going to the ibjjf asking to promote that him he could be promoted because he's just like demolishing everyone and he's mm. yeah because andrew Wiltz was even like it's not like i just won one or two comps like he's he like everything. i won everything yeah. you know so he's so entertaining
1: know. to watch compete as well he's a
0: super entertaining man fighter. if you haven't
1: seen him like just google his youtube channel he's got some comps um, recent ones as well, um, like the the first of twenty twenty two, on his YouTube channel. And man, he's, so, to the he's game. so he's there's so he's so entertaining game, to watch, man. Yeah. Like
0: at the end of the day, anyone who who always goes after it, mm. it's like why the it's like why the Hoodler brothers are so exciting to yeah. watch, bro. Like they just they are nonstop. Mm. I almost feel like rolling with them would be like when I well I just came out of one week of isolation due to... You had the rona. <laughs> I got the rona. Yeah, it was pretty fun. No, it was fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've got a two and a half year old locked in the house for a week. Mm. I feel like rolling with the Hoodalo brothers was like, you know, sometimes I was in the house with him and I felt like I just need to grab him and be like, you just got to chill out, bro. <laughs> you just got to chill. <laughs> Hoodalo brothers are just nonstop and uh, and that makes them super exciting. And Andrew Wills is similar in the sense that he's just so aggressive, like mm. he like attacks heaps of submissions and and yeah. it's not just like oh, I'm aggressive because I don't know what I'm doing. It's like no like he he's so like, technical. Yeah, yeah man he's really entertaining to watch fight. Yeah. Um it's like even though I'm not like a the biggest fan of 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 him, it's like uh not as in like I don't know him personally, but I mean not the biggest fan of him as a competitor. It's like like Hulk like Lucas Barbosa is yeah. again someone who just constantly attacks. Leandro Lowe constantly attacks Merigali. Anyone who's constantly just you know really it's in their dna that whole you know never stole. the best defense yeah. is a good offense sort of yeah, thing
1: gritty just fucking scrap so, it. so what good. does joey say just, just scrap just get, in, get amongst the scrap
0: i don't mind scrapbooking every now and again yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe one day you can present your scrapbook for the uh, well, i put it under podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a picture of my doggy <laughs> uh, oh my god yeah so you know but it would be interesting that so let's, what you said that you were saying, oh, I believe there is a clause. I don't know if there is. Let's
1: perhaps there's not. Yeah. We'll probably let, make it shit up. Call maybe, jo- maybe there Joe is. Rogan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You're like, I heard that Joe Rogan said. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so I don't know. Let's just say there's not for now because I don't think there is. But maybe there is. But maybe there's not. Maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe it would be nice if there were exceptions. Like I kind of think about it like, let's say school you know, or, or maybe let's not say school, because that also has age requirements. Let's say university. Mm. Okay. Because you know, you could be studying, you know, engineering and be mid twenties and you could have a 40 year old in the exact same course, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just adults. Like they have minimum time requirements and yeah, some, you know, geniuses will come along who could like learn everything or they could pass that third year engineering exam in their first year. Cause mm-hmm. they're just like pretty much a savant, you know? Uh, and you know, in the education system, it's not unheard of for, you know, you do hear it with kid prodigies, but I was just trying to remove kids for the age reason. Mm-hmm. But you do hear about people being like bumped up years mm-hmm. in the, in the education system, you know, or, or people, getting degrees in two years instead of four years. So, but it's not like, it's not like, it's just like we've just abolished the time requirements that it's no longer four years to get your, you know, to become a doctor. It's just pass the exam, you know? Uh, So, so I don't think it should be abolished, but it would be interesting if IBJGF had some, I don't know what it would look like, but it would be interesting if they had some sort of, maybe even just as simple as you said, like, you know, oh, you if win the worlds. Yeah. yeah. If you win the worlds, you know, then you you are eligible
1: to be promoted. Or even podium, maybe podium at worlds. You're eligible. Man,
0: the, the sport's getting so. I say this, well, it's never going to be untrue, but it's just getting better and better and better and more competitive. Like, even a blue belt who wins bronze at the worlds Your is an weapon. absolute beast. Yeah. The, the level of these guys. Man, if I have a competitive. 18-year-old walk into my gym, I'm like, oh, God damn. <laughs> like, I'm not a fucking roll with this dude, man. Like, they're yeah. just out of control. Like yeah, the level yeah. is just so, so high now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, even podium at Worlds could potentially be a thing to be, to be eligible for promotion because yeah. then at least then you're, at, you're by default enforcing a minimum one-year yeah. time requirement.
1: In the belt, just to be clear with with your belt requirements, this is only to be recognized by i b j j f like you could fucking walk into a McDojo tomorrow and get given an amazon purple belt and you're rocking around with a purple belt, you know and maybe you you are a purple belt in that gym, but under the i b j j f you're fucking you're not yeah,
0: and that's a bit of a you know when kind of beating a dead horse mentioned this a lot of times they the IBJJF is the de facto governing body. It is just to be recognized by them. So Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately there is no international body that like has the final word like there is in judo. Judo needs that because they're in the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. But jujitsu isn't, it doesn't have that. So the example I always give is there would be guys from the, the, no, doesn't exist anymore, but from the Denaher death squad, let's say, for example, because there's still a name that people know exists, mm. that would be black belts. But IBJJF probably doesn't even consider them a blue belt because they never registered with yeah. the organization. They don't know, have but, their paperwork in order. You know, but like uh, another one was Herberto Jimenez, right? Who is uh, an absolute weapon. He got, he, him and I got, now, I got my black belt and he got his brown belt at the same sort of seminar thing, right? Mm-hmm. But when he got his brown belt, he hadn't been a purple belt for long enough. to He hadn't done that one and a half years at purple belt. So he got his brown belt. He just wasn't allowed to compete in IBJJF competitions for another six months or whatever it was. But he still went off and did other competitions as a brown belt that weren't IBJJF competitions. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is just an organization – uh, if you get that blue purple belt or whatever from as long as your instructor's credible as far as i'm concerned you are a blue belt or yeah. a purple brown or black belt yeah whether you are recognized by the ibjjf and whether you even care to be recognized by them well that's up to you
1: yeah no i i, I think that's a there's a really important distinction i think just to play the other side of of this argument for a bit a benefit in well, no, it's kinda like the same side. But benefit to having But I
0: want to see the same side, Kieran. Tell me more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a benefit to having these time requirements is simply to prevent jujitsu from falling into that whole McDojo bullshit. Like in karate, how you learn some karate card- we, we always shit on karate, so sorry for anyone that likes karate. But you learn some yeah. katas, and you're a sixteen-year-old upper block. Yeah, upper block. Yeah. Lower Ooh, block. Wax on, wax off. And you you get a black belt in like three years or whatever. And you know, yeah, you're a 16 year old black belt, and you know some black belt carters. That's that's about my my perception, my perception of McDojo Karate, right? To prevent jujitsu from falling deeper down that hole, I think that IBJJF time requirements are important, not so much to be like rules that you must obey, but to be guidelines that people in the in the community can look to as. Yeah, guidelines, right? So if you get someone that tries to do a BJ pen and go from like white to black, you know, BJ pen is you know not even one in a million, like one in a hundred million, right? There's not many BJ pens rocking around that could do that. Mm. So it's to sort of prevent jujitsu from turning into a, just a fucking, you know, join my gym, give me ten grand, and I'll give you a brown belt. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, actually,
0: yeah. Like I hate when you see that those um those you know you can join karate gyms and you pay some absurd amount of money up front and it's like Mm. fast tracks you to black belt or something. And you're like, well, that's,
1: it's
0: like a fucking scam, bro.
1: Yeah. It is a scam. But you know,
0: some people, uh, happy to throw money away
1: they just want to be box stickers you know what i mean it's kind of like climbing mount everest when you know you're, you're, when you're actually not a climber yeah yet. and you're guided up there by a sherpa because you paid 100 grand and they carry everything and literally carry you up to the top of yeah have you, you
0: seen the queues Man, at the top I've, of mount everest yeah
1: i recently went down a um, youtube rabbit hole where i spent like a week just watching all the mountaineering videos i could and i saw shitloads loads of uh everest documentaries and Man, you don't even need to be a good climber. Like there was Dude, one you didn't, chick, like not at all. There was this one chick. I'm not saying even. I'm not saying it would be easy, but like I think
0: it's more just the the lack of sleep and the lack of oxygen just, that is the limiting. Fatigued. And yeah, it's the 100%. limiting factor. The Sherpas
1: do everything for you. They yeah. lay down all the ropes. They fucking put down all the the um, the ladders. They carry all your oxygen. There was one chick who was super rich. She was like the the wife of the guy that owns MTV, and she paid for Sherpas to carry her espresso machine up to the top. Like with her, like oh to some of the base camps, so she could God. have her espresso, fucking machine coffee, like at Camp Three or whatever, which is pretty fucking high up. Yeah. you know, oh it's climbing God. Mount Everest these days. If you're doing it with all the assistance of, like, you know, the Sherpas at to the level that they they have these days, it's you know, come on, yeah, it's and, a box and, digging and exercise. And a lot of a lot of like the Same as karate, the, the, the Sherpas
0: like a, don't really like it either because they, you know, the more people on the mountain, the more dangerous it is. The longer, and, longer yeah, you're up there. So yeah. there's some. um I didn't re- previously go down a rabbit hole, but I just know more shit than you. So, <laughs> but, uh, but I've watched, uh, uh, you know, some climbing documentaries just in the, in the past. And yeah. I remember I watched one not a huge amount of time ago and there's some sort of Sherpa expedition companies. Cause you know, if you're yeah. going to climb Mount Everest, you go through a, a, a Sherpa company or, I don't know, yeah. what they, or yeah. climbing guide company. Yeah. And there's some that will only take clients who at uh, uh, have like achieved certain meet certain criteria. In mm. other words, they don't just take random. Like, if you're not a climber,
1: like a middle aged white woman from fucking Los Angeles, yeah. yeah. Who <laughs> the last th-
0: the, who you know the last thing you did was a five k jog, yeah. You know? Like they they won't <laughs> and stopped and walked, <laughs> yeah. Like they won't take you. In yeah. other words, like you need to be a climber, yeah. For this more sort of like legitimate, you could say climbing guide group because they don't they're not interested in flooding mount everest with people who aren't climbers like it's it's a mountain to be climbed by climbers right and i think if you know any minimal amount of climbing anything about climbing you know that climbers say well the real the real mountain is k2 k2 is so awesome like that's the one that that the legitimate climbers do. Yeah. There's people who have climbed K2 who haven't climbed Everest because they're like, well, why would I climb Everest? It's yeah. just a tourist I think attraction. If you,
1: if you legitimately climb K2, you get like some sort of recognition in the climbing community. Um, do you? Yeah, I forget what they call it, but you get inducted into like some like exclusive club because only like 360 odd people have actually summited K2 yeah, and right. the death rate is just over 30, 30%. Right, So and nearly I'm, a third of everyone that attempts to climb K2 dies.
0: Yeah, I think it's because for two reasons. One, it's just, m- Oh, it's already more difficult than Everest, Yeah. but it's also because not as many people climb it. It has less infrastructure in terms of that Everest, yeah. like the Sherpas every year go out and yeah. you know when it's climbing season, which is you know summer, I yeah. guess because you can't, it is, yeah. in winter would be death trap. Yeah, like they put out all the ladders across the ice fall yeah. and all that sort of shit and the ropes and everything. Can get
1: Sherpas for K two, but like they're the elite Sherpas and they can only do so much for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway.
0: (laughs) I have another, I don't know, speaking of climbing and stuff, another little tidbit for you is, you know, base jumping. Yes. Did you know that like base is a, is a acronym? No, it isn't. So base stands for building antenna, like the things you jump off a building, an antenna span was in a bridge and earth. Oh, cool. And when you've, if you want to go the route of being certified, Once you've done your four base jumps, one off a building, an antenna, a span, and an earth, you get a base number. So you'll be like, oh, I'm base number 3082. Wow. If you want to be certified. Have you base jumped? No, but I've got a photo actually when I was in New Zealand on holidays that looks like, like if you, well, I mean, I don't have a parachute on, but if you, I'll show it to you one day.
1: a one time off
0: base jump? (laughs) <laughs> it kind of, it looks like it was just like this little rock and I just like jumped off it. But the way it's looked, if you were super ignorant about what a parachute backpack should look like, you it could like you're You could definitely be like, oh, that's me base jumping. Oh, sick. And pe- I'll show it to you one day. You could fool people <laughs> with it. I think it's on my Facebook.
1: I'll show you. Oh, uh, that was a weird tangent. Anyway, <laughs> um, time requirements, was, belts. Yeah. Beyond jujitsu, guys, beyond. <laughs> beyond. <laughs> Everything and beyond.
0: <laughs> yeah, so- I don't know. It would be interesting if they did add some sort of exception rule, but I I mean, I don't see it happening because before there's so much that would have to change for that to even be a thing, you know, there, I believe there should be some big international governing body. Someone needs to have the final word. I've, Mm. I've, I've mentioned this before because we, without that, you know, where do you draw the line? It then just does become this big, massive mess. If you look at every single credible legitimate sport that is not niche, right? Yeah. Like, and jiu-jitsu is niche, but it's becoming less and less niche like it's just growing and growing and yeah. growing, right? Yeah. Like if you look at any big legitimate sport, there may be variations of it, but there is one main governing body that like dictates what the rules are and what is what can go and what can't go, you know, and, and jujitsu doesn't have that. So even without that, how can you make exceptions for a system that isn't like overruled by anyone?
1: Yeah. Whereas effectively when you're talking about belt requirements, minimum time, this is just in order to compete at IBJJF competitions. That's that's, right. that's all it is. That's all yeah. we're talking about. It's not actually your belt requirement in order to be promoted. It's not something that your instructor needs to adhere to. It's simply if you want to compete at IBJJF comps, which is effectively road to worlds outside of like their, their big worlds event, do they hold like smaller events to qualify? Or, yeah. How many you events have do they do to, per like, year?
0: It depends which part of the world you're in. I'm not super, Switched on in as to what it's like in Europe, mm. but in um in Australia there's like fucking none. Yeah, right. There's a couple of year. Uh, the US there's heaps. So all the comp- like your three biggest competitions of the year, or let's say four, because let's include Brazil, because there's quite a lot. Actually, not even that many that compared to America. Not many that happen in Brazil, but um in Brazil you have. The biggest competition of the year is the the Brasileiro, which is essentially the nationals, right? So that's an IB – it's actually run by the CBJJF, but that's like a – it's like the Brazilian version of the IBJJF. It's under yeah. the IBJJF, right. so it's part of it. Right. Like when you live in Brazil, when you do – it might have changed now because it's been, you know, it's seven years or whatever since I lived in Brazil. But at the time I was living in Brazil, when I did – I didn't have an IBJJF membership. I had a CBJJ which membership, was an which was yeah, an IBJJF membership. Right. Anyway, so you've got the Brazilian Nationals. Uh, you've got the Sao Paulo Open. Actually, they have quite a few. You've got the Rio Open. So all these Opens, they're IBJJF competitions. So, But the, th- the three big or the four big competitions of the year, uh, you've got the Brazilian Nationals, you've got the Pan Ams, you've got the Europeans, and the Worlds. Right. But you can almost write off the Brazilian nationals because for internationally, those are the three biggest ones. Right. Right. At Black Belt, you need to accumulate points to qualify to fight worlds at Black Belt. You didn't used to, but with the growth of the sport, Mm. you know, they needed to start limiting the numbers a little bit. How do you accumulate those points? By, um, by depending how you place at other IBJJF competitions. So the US is littered with them, you know? So you've got like, whatever, like the New York open, the Florida open, or maybe not, I don't know, the Florida, the Miami open, the, you know, Los Angeles. Every state
1: has like- Every
0: state or city or whatever has a whatever open and they're all IBJJF competitions, you know? So it's probably more relevant in the US about whether you wanna be recognized to compete under IBJJF, little less so here in Australia, for example. We have – well, we haven't had an IBJJF competition since, since COVID, but pre-COVID I think there was three a year. The Sydney Open, the Melbourne Open,
1: and the Pan Pax. I was about to ask if Pan Pax was IBJJF. Yeah. I assumed that it was.
0: Pan Pax is the only one that people do because it's just sort of got a name about it. Yeah, But most of them – like. If you registered to do the Sydney Open, sometimes you don't even have anyone to fight. Why? Because IBJJF isn't a powerhouse over here and they deal in US dollars. Mm. So you've just got your average competitor who's going, well, if I just go to do, let's say the Sydney Cup, which is run by a local Australian federation, they're like, oh, my registration fee is 50 Australian dollars. If I want to do the Sydney Open, the IBJJF, it's like 120 US dollars. So we're looking, we're pushing close to 200 Australian dollars. And what do
1: I get out of it? Yeah,
0: and so like mm. people don't do it because it's too expensive just for our uh, currency. Mm. And so people are like, oh, I'm not gonna pay $200 to have one opponent yeah. or
1: no opponents. So what you're paying $200 to rock up, maybe like compete once if they show up and everyone They're makes metal. Get tapped and then get silver and, <laughs> and go home crying, <laughs> yeah, like
0: or celebrating. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, um, you know, it's definitely more relevant in the US. Like I said, I don't know what the scene is in Europe. Where I, is Pampax
1: in Melbourne? Yes. Okay, because that's the one I had my eye on competing at um next year. Yeah, at blue belt. Next year or this year? Next year. Next year. Mm.
0: Why not this year?
1: So I was gonna it's fucking January, bro. Is it? I thought it was early in the year. Oh, well, I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs>
0: I don't I don't even know. Well, I don't know. I don't, no know. Idea, I don't yeah. even know if, if IBJJ. So, yeah, we haven't had any. Uh, since COVID. Since, all since COVID because, yeah. you know, most people know by now that Australia has quite strict rules for international mm. arrivals. Yeah. So they haven't had any. Like, you know, IBJJF, I think their sort of main base of oper- what somewhere in the U S anyway, is their main
1: base of operations. So, um, well the biggest competition that's going to hit Australia is in March of 2022 in case you're listening from the future and it's ADCC trials. So, yes. and that's not even fucking IBJJF. I don't think ADCC even care of your, like they don't care of your IBJJF registered. They're, they're a no, they competitor organization. So, I mean, and arguably a more, um, you know, more popular organisation for for no gear exclusively, obviously. Um, so, yeah, yeah bro, I'm
0: look, I'm looking on their the IBJJF calendar. Yeah, there's nothing for competitions, and I'm already down to July. There's nothing, and I haven't seen anything in Australia.
1: Okay, well, maybe I will compete in Pampax. It's in Melbourne, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's always well, unless they change it. Yeah, so I can't. I mean, there's nothing so far.
1: Yeah. Well, toward the end of the, end of the year, I'll, I'll compete. But as just a bit of an aside for my um my competition schedule, my plan anyway, uh, I was planning on doing all the local circuits this yep. year, not really traveling too much unless there's, you know, unless I'm doing really well or whatever, just doing everything I can within like, you know, a, a two to three hour radius of drive yep. of where I am now. And then next year look to do like packs, look to do, okay, there's something in fucking Japan. I'll like look to do, do that. Do something you know. a bit more international. Yeah, do – basically use this year to get as much blue belt experience under, under my belt and then look to push to win something next year.
0: Yeah. Cause it's been
1: last year. There was
0: like pretty much no competitions. Well, the last two years we've had almost no competitions. I think in the last two years in Australia, we've had maybe, like three or do you, something? Do you think like, that's so or at much, least in sorry, New South Wales, I should say. It was yeah. a bit different because of the states locked other states out with yeah. COVID and everything. But
1: yeah. Do you think that because Australia and well, even internationally, people have been so locked down that some serious jujitsu competitors out there, the ones that are, you know, in a similar position to me, like yeah, you you know, I wanna win something at Blue Belt before I get promoted, do you think they're sort of semi sandbagging for a bit? So do you think now this year you're gonna see like some pretty heavy competition that would have previously perhaps been promoted out?
0: I don't know. It's a good question. I haven't thought about it. Maybe. I could be
1: overthinking it, but
0: yeah, maybe, I don't know. I think in, you know, Australia for Australia, any of the really like I am living, breathing jujitsu, like they probably, when went and traveled internationally mm. anyway, you know, cause there wasn't much going on here. Yeah. Know? That makes sense. Like, you know, Levi's off in the States and, you know, so I think the big Australian competitors who are wanting to make a career out of the competitive side of Jitsu, they, they bit the bullet and, and traveled. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. Cause they, they just didn't have, any, anything to do here in Australia there weren't even local competitions which aren't on the level of international competitions even when they are running yeah. but they didn't even have them as an option to sort of like practice keep yeah to practice yeah. and keep the wheels greased
1: yeah that makes sense but in terms of competitions in the Australian scene like I said I think the biggest thing coming up is ADCC trials and I think it's going to be freaking epic
0: yeah it should be cool are you There's, going
1: oh uh, it <laughs> <laughs> I think it's March uh, March 6. Around there, I got it on my calendar. Where is it? It is Castle Hill. Oh, it's so far away. Yeah, I think I think it's up in Castle Hill. I, that's just a yeah. I don't hand. know. I haven't looked really looked at whether they're Since allowing Sydney, spectators. They or are thirty five dollars per ticket. You got a book on Smooth Comp. What?
0: Fuck that. Well,
1: it's a pre pre book on Smooth Comp. I'm pretty sure though you'll be able to. Pay I don't the door. have
0: any students competing in it. I don't think so.
1: Nah, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I have a nutrition client that is competing. But yeah, I'm, I'm dieting, dieting him, dieting him down for this comp. So I'm gonna where is go. it? Tell me. No, I'm not telling you. Tell me. You don't know him. I'm going to go uh, film him. But I want to know him. <laughs> <laughs> I can arrange that. I'll, I'll introduce you. I'll set up a meeting. I'll be like, and oh, I'll,
0: hi, I'm Adam. I'm a huge yeah. fan. <laughs> You're one of Kieran's <laughs> clients.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go film him. And uh, uh, my friend Jeremy Skinner is definitely going to take out 66 division so
0: he is he's also fighting on subversion February 12th yes which uh I mean unfortunately I pulled out of that card I was Mm. supposed to be fighting but you know if people have listened to the last few episodes you would know I had two surgeries back in December yeah so only like less than two months ago I had two unable
1: to uh train so
0: separate surgeries and um they're starting to come pretty good now but I mean I'm still not i don't know i've maybe in the last with lockdown in the last six months i think i've maybe rolled like five times yeah, <laughs> or something three of them have been with me yeah so. <laughs> yeah so I, I i pulled out a subversion unfortunately but yeah, yeah jeremy's fighting Talis and swatis yeah so that that'd should be, be cool. awesome
1: that will be a cool match and then um i think yeah i don't know if there's any gambling on adcc trust i hope so Some put money on jeremy <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> safe bet. safe bet
0: be interesting actually it should be a you know, when we had Jeremy on the podcast, he said that he's excited to finally fight someone closer to his weight. Yeah. He usually always has to fight heavier dudes. Yeah, But yeah, it should be, it should be cool to see. Either uh, way. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, the time requirements for your belt, it's just relevant to IBJJF, mm. you know? So should it be abolished? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it
1: really achieves anything. You know, it, it only affects, the restrictions only affect like very, very few amount of people. Super few.
0: And, and yeah, you know, you can get promoted. It's not stopping you from being promoted. Mm. It's just uh, stopping you from being promoted and competing with IBJJF. Exactly. And, and if you, you, know, you have I to may- wait another 12 months. But, maybe. yeah, it would be interesting if they did something like, hey, if you, if you win Worlds, yeah, you're eligible for, for promotion. Because then it's still going to put – it's not completely removing the time requirements, mm. but it's taking – it's taking a year off the blue belt minimum yeah. time uh, and six months off the purple belt minimum time, yeah. you know? Um, and I think most people would be all right with thinking that, um, you know, if you can win worlds every year in a row, like you should be fine to.
1: And to, you're the best in the world for your weight at that belt. Yeah. Like should be the argument could be made promoted. if you win worlds at blue belt, you you, will, you are the best blue belt in the world at that, Wait, so you should And other blue be belts don't want belt. to
0: fight you again at blue belt the next year. Doesn't make sense. You know, like, ima- you imagine won. coming up against the guy who won blue belts world last year, and you'd be like, fuck off, get a purple belt already, Yeah, exactly. Bro. And yeah, you'd be like,
1: well, I'm not allowed. Mate, you're a purple belt, like, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, enough of that McDojo. I'm thinking about changing our gym to a McDojo. You yeah. cool with that? Yeah. How much per belt? What would you charge per belt?
0: Let's say Blue belt. Well, I mean, if you just want the standard blue belt, yeah, two hundred bucks. But if you want the fast track blue belt, yeah, it's got to be four hundred. Four hundred. That's yeah. cheap. I'll pay that. And then it goes. And it goes up. Uh, Purple belt's more expensive. I'll, I'll take. Expensive. I'll take
1: a fast track brown belt please
0: fast track brown belt all right i'll draw up the contract two weeks (laughs) (laughs) two weeks all right kieran but you got to train at least twice (laughs) and you got i really want you to work on those hip escapes and then that (laughs) brown belt's yours done (laughs)
1: epic well on that note thank you very much for listening to this episode of the jiu-jitsu podcast and just a reminder please feel free to enter our competition to win a Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast, guard exclusive run, very limited edition to enter. You must be followed uh, on Instagram. You have to follow us on Instagram. That's at Beyond Jiu-Jitsu underscore podcast and leave us a review. That is how you enter is be following Instagram and leave us a review on your streaming platform of choice. And if you want those bonus 10 entries, become a Patreon. That's how you get the exclusive 10 entries oh yeah 10. that's
0: 10 times as many as one
1: you're guaranteed to win <laughs> everyone that signs up is guaranteed <laughs> and uh just a quick shout out please uh submit your questions for episode 60 we have a q a episode it's coming very quickly particularly with the way we record so you need to get your questions in now to enter uh submit a question and to hear your voice on the beyond jiu-jitsu podcast You can find that in our link tree. It's the first link. Audio question. Audio question. It's the first link in our link tree. Submit us a question and uh, we'll answer it live on the show. And on that note, Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, fam. And uh, until next time, see ya.